0: This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 197, worker Living. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, beautiful soul. Welcome to one of the last episodes of the podcast. If you haven't heard... I'm ending the show at episode 200. Right now we're at 197. So after today's episode, there are only three episodes left crazy, right? If you're curious why I'm ending the show, we're going to get into all the details in episode 200. And it may not be that it's done for good. It may just be that I move toward releasing episodes whenever I feel like it. But we've been doing the show now for almost four years and 200 episodes. So it's time to focus in on some other things. But before I go, I have episodes that I know I have to get out to you right now and today's episode is one of them and as you saw it's called Light Worker Living. This episode was inspired by a couple of different things and started with me in a therapy session sometime in December, so about a month ago from the time of this recording, and I was working through something with my therapist and she said to me, you know, Lindsay, you just have such a high vibration and you have such a positive energy. You have to be careful who you're surrounding yourself with. And it's interesting because You know, there's a part of me that's like, oh yeah, I am high vibe. Like if I go out in the normal everyday world, I'm like, whoa, there is obviously a lot of need for coaching and therapy and mental health help or brain help or whatever you wanna call it, right? Because you can tell most people are living in a trauma response, they're low vibration, meaning they're stuck in what our brain is stuck in before we do any work, which are those low level emotions of like fear, sadness, anger shame embarrassment etc so i know that on a grander scale but hearing it from her voice and just have had only a few sessions with her at this point i almost like wanted to call her bs on it and i kind of did i was like are you just feeding me a line like are you just telling me this because this is what you think i want to hear and she's like, no, I don't BS. She's an Enneagram eight, too. She's like, I don't BS. I'm like, okay, I I I read that off of you, but there was a part of me that just didn't want to accept that. And I think that's what's true of a lot of people who are light workers. And if you are like, Lindsay, what is a light worker? We're gonna get into that, I promise. So I'm just gonna throw that out there that this episode is actually really uncomfortable for me to record. I've already recorded it once. And I left that episode and I was like, oh, I'm going to delete it and redo it because you could tell in my voice that I felt a little uncomfortable and it started coming out as anxiety. And so I'm just going to call it out from the start here. This is uncomfortable for me to talk about. And it's uncomfortable for me to claim, yes, I'm a light worker and It'll make more sense why as we go deeper into this episode, but it's not necessarily something that people are bragging about or they're even talking about. When you're truly a light worker, in my eyes, it's something that's very behind the scenes. And so it is weird to kind of be like, yeah, look at me, I'm a light worker. It's so funny because one of my guilty pleasures lately has been watching the show Sister Wives. And I won't get into all the details about the show, but one of the wives is not liked. It's about this polygamous family. And she's obviously, even psychologists have kind of weighed in, like there's something going on there. And it's so funny because she'll brag about like, well, I'm an empath, which a light worker, another word for them can be empath. And one of the kids said, when people are empaths, they don't go around bragging that they're empaths or talking about how they're empaths. And so again that's what makes this episode uncomfortable for me is like putting it out there that hey i'm claiming a light worker you'll probably see as this episode goes on you will be one too likely and so it's just kind of weird to kind of bring this to the forefront um, and to put out there, you know, like what my therapist said of like, Lindsay, you're a really high vibration. You need to have people that meet that. And even though logically I know that I coach other clients on that all the time, I've been doing that my in my own world and that work. It just felt weird to me to have someone who's almost a stranger, because again, we'd only done like three sessions together at that point, say that to me. And so that was playing in my mind. And then two days later, I opened up my social media, and I saw that Steven Twitch Boss died. And at first, I just saw that he had passed, and um, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad. And then as I started to dig a little deeper, I was like, oh my gosh, he committed suicide. And I started to just sit there in that, and a lot of past memories came up for me. You see, I actually knew Steven Twitch Boss. He came and did a workshop when I had a dance studio. Yes, back in the day, I owned and managed a dance studio. It was about from 2008 until 2011, I think. So it was short-lived. But it was very impactful in that time of my life. It was before I had kids and I just threw myself into this business and I was in my early to mid 20s. And so it just made a big impact, but it also felt like a long time ago at this point. And so again, I started to bring up memories of Twitch and really started to dig deep into the very short relationship him and I had and just kind of putting some pieces together and really mourning. His death, and especially the way that it went down, being a suicide, that I just needed to process. And part of that processing is what you're going to hear today in this episode of taking in, you know, what I viewed as Twitch as a light worker, and really thinking about what were the things that I saw that he needed that he wasn't getting and could that have been something that led him to a state of suicide. So we're going to talk through all of that. I'm going to talk through what I see light workers are so you can decide for yourself if you're one or not and then we're going to talk through these different things that I see light workers need in their life to be able to not just thrive but honestly survive because i think for a lot of light workers we're such sensitive beings that we can get so overwhelmed with the world, and our emotions, that we can become suicidal. I've seen it happen in my own life many times. So I'm going to throw out there too, we are going to talk about suicide pretty often on this episode. So if that's not your thing, then maybe this is something you come back to. So again, trigger warning on suicide, it's going to be touched on here and there, but let's dig into it. Let's start to talk about first what a light worker is, and I'm actually going to pull a definition from a book. It's called Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. It came out, gosh, almost a decade ago, I think. Um, And I remember when it came out, I was just entering the coaching space and it was a hot book. Like everyone was getting it. Everyone was talking about it. Lightworker was a new term to many of us. And this book was fascinating. And I remember reading it right when I got it and just being so awestruck with everything that I was learning in this book. It's so funny because I picked it back up again as I've been processing Twitch's death and putting together this episode. And it's just not as exciting the second time around and it's very interesting. I don't think it's extremely well-written, but I do think it's a great supplement to this episode that I'm going to have today. So I encourage you to check it out. Again, it's called Light is a New Black by Rebecca Campbell. But in the book, As I said, she talks about lightworkers and she defines it really well. So I want to read her words for you so you can understand exactly what a lightworker is and you can take in, am I one of these people or not? So she says, a lightworker is anyone who devotes their life to being a bright light in the world. They understand that their actions, no matter how big or small, have the potential to raise the vibration of the planet. A lightworker soul is awake. They're conscious that their presence matters and they are part of something that is bigger than them. A lightworker is someone who makes a conscious decision to answer the call of source, which she calls light, over the call of ego, which she refers to as fear. And ego is a term that I typically call inner mean girl. So it's that part of your voice that again is very fear-based. She goes on to say that lightworkers turn their light on by following what lights them up and then effortlessly sharing that light with the world around them. They are in tune with the callings of their soul and act on its whispers regardless of fear. They do not need to convince anyone of anything, rather just be the light. The only requirement is a desire to connect with your own authentic light and a longing to serve the world. So are you a light worker? First off, I will say, this is kind of what I'm guiding my clients to indirectly as we're working together. I'm having them tap into source or what we call authentic self. I'm having them follow their desires Lean into what their desires even are and know how to feel that in their body. Also, they are connecting with how to serve the world in a bigger way just by being them. So, if you're a client of mine, you're definitely a light worker by training, if not naturally, right? But if not, then you were guided to this podcast for a reason, I believe. So, you're probably a light worker. You're probably somebody who feels emotions pretty deeply, you feel vibrations and you may not even know that's what it's called. And other people's moods impact you. You're somebody who's really passion driven. You know, she talks about it in the book and I would agree in my own experience, a lot of light workers, you know, will go on and we'll have quote unquote normal careers or normal lives. And we just feel like there's this call that's coming in often in our psyche. And we just feel like we're almost like being tapped to by something that's saying, hey, are you going to wake up? Hey, are you going to do that other thing that you're really sent to earth to do? And it was crazy. You know, you may not feel that yet if you associate with Lightworker, but for many of us, we do feel that. And it was coming to me a lot in my late 20s when I was going through a lot in my life. And I just kept feeling this inkling all the time of like, Oh, I'm not really meant to do HR and dance. There's something else here. And so that led me to my own journey, which then led me to being a coach, right? So that's what a light worker is. If you associate with that state of mind, then this is kind of how you need to live. We're going to go through seven different things that I see light workers really need in order to, again, survive and thrive in their life. So, the first thing that I'm going to touch on goes back to what my therapist told me. It's be extremely mindful who you're around. Because you're a sensitive being, you're going to absorb things more than others. Now, there are many tools for this. There are many things that you can do to clear your energy, protect your energy, et cetera, et cetera. But still, it's just going to be harder on you. And so, you have to be choosy who you're around, okay? This is a lesson I've learned many times over. Even when I think I'm up-leveling, you know, I'll up-level again and I'll be like, whoo, okay, now these people don't fit anymore. I see it happen again and again with clients. Every single year, for the past few years, I've been doing so much work on myself that after a certain time period, certain clients go away and other ones come in and it's it's crazy to see the transformation and change with that right and so be very careful who you're around you know i'll give you a story about twitch when he came in and did my workshop so this is 2009 my studio i had had for i think about a year so maybe it started in 2008 i don't remember but we were this little studio that was part of this bigger building and so in the building we had some rock stars in there like Kim Zmeskal was the one who ran the gymnastics program. If you're a gymnastics follower, you know who Kim is. She won the bronze medal in the Olympics in the 90s. She had a lot of buzz around her. She was a kind of a big deal. So she ran gymnastics. We had a top- winning taekwondo program we had an acting school that would send people to disney Um, Catherine sullivan is her name so if you're big in that world you probably know who she is she led a lot of different people selena gomez things of that sort and then they never really had a successful dance studio well, I ended up teaching at the studio they had at the time over the summer one year. I was bored in my HR job and I was like, oh my God, I got to have something to do during the day. And so I ended up taking the dance job at night and on weekends and I would just like build curriculum and think of marketing ideas during the day because again, my HR job was a bore. And so um, they saw all this potential in me because I kept coming to them with ideas and I just had all this life and energy. And so within a few months, they offered me the position to take over this dance studio and to run it. So in essence, in some ways, I had an investor to run my own business. And that's what happened. Within a few months, he said, you know, nobody's ever done what you've been able to do in the past few months. I really don't want to you know, run this thing at all anymore. I'm just going to give you the business. And so it's pretty incredible that I, in essence, like, again, had this investor, because that's what it turned out to be, right, is allowing me to build this business. I um, mean, it was cool, too, to be in a building with other people who are really rocking it in regards to what most people would say is just extracurricular activities for kids, right? And so all that to say... <laughs> You know, I was really setting my studio up in a way where I wanted to be as big of a player as the other people around me, right? And so part of that I viewed as, okay, let's bring in some of the hottest dancers. And at the time, the show So You Think You Can Dance was just starting to bloom and blossom. And there were a couple dancers on there that really stood out to me. And Steven Twitch Boss was one of them. And I remember doing all the research and figuring out how I could get connected with him because the other dancers that I liked, they weren't as big as Twitch. Like Twitch had an immediate following and he just really took off from his time on the show. And so it was a little tricky to get a hold of him but he ended up even having an agent we started working with the agent and we figured out a weekend that he could fly in and do this master class where he would teach all my dancers and the dancers in the area that wanted to come and i thought it was a great marketing idea to get our name out there and to build us as a credible studio and two, i just really enjoyed like meeting these dancers because again i was huge fans of them and so twitch came in for the weekend he taught these master classes and i will tell you he had the most beautiful energy he came in he was so present over delivered really just cared about the impact he was making and how he was connecting with people as i said we had brought in other people and they were great too but twitch was another level and i think that's why so many people connected to him on the show and then later on and, you know, he really went above what most dancers can do in their careers by being like Ellen's DJ and things of that sort, right? So all that to say, while Twitch was amazing and wonderful, the people he surrounded himself with, at least at that time of me knowing him, again, this was 2009, were really shitty. His agent was extremely unprofessional and frankly rude. He had some assistants that came in to help him, I guess, just like friends of people that he knew and they were great in the master class. But after the workshop, I talked to Twitch and I was like, hey, you know, one of your assistants, what would you think about if I hired him? Could you like vouch for him? Because I was going to have his assistant come in and teach him classes because I thought, well, this will be cool. Like, you know, we'll get like this assistant guy and like that'll build our cred and all that. And the guy was awful. He ended up not showing up for a class one day. And then when I called him to check on him, he was just like, yeah, I want more money. I'm not coming in unless I get more money. And I'm like, dude, we've already negotiated a rate and you're just going to like no call, no show, and then ask for more money. So I had to end up firing him. And it's just like things like that that just didn't really happen, right? Um, You know, the dance world can kind of be weird at times if you're not in that world, You know, there can be lack of professionalism for sure, but this was next level between his agent and this other guy. And I just really kind of had a sour taste in my mouth with Twitch because of it. You know, even my peers and my boss at the time was saying like, let's bring Twitch in again. Like this was really successful. We brought in hundreds of dancers in the area. We made decent money off of it. He made decent money off of it. And I was like, no, I don't want to work with him again because of these people that he surrounds himself with. And so I ended up not really keeping up with him. I ended up not really even following what happened after that with his career. You know, I'd see him on movies and an Ellen and all that stuff. But again, I had that sour taste in my mouth. And I wished him well, right? And as I was watching him from afar, I would think, oh, maybe he's making different choices now and he's around different people. And that's so great because he's so wonderful. And then when I see what happened happen with him and his death – I start to wonder a little bit, was he around people who were lifting him up? Everyone talked about in their kind of tribute to them of like, he was the strongest person in the room and he was the one that was lifting all of us up and things of that sort. And, you know, I think that's part of our job as a light worker, right? Is to lift other people up. But at the same time, if you're doing that all day, every day, and you're around people who are so low frequency like he was around at the time of knowing him that can suck you dry. And you know, another point I want to make about light workers and what they need is that we have a very strong relationship with responsibility, meaning when something goes awry, a lot of light workers tend to take almost too much responsibility. For things that happened, and we will beat ourselves up for it, and we will think about the impact of whatever it was that happened. It may not even be our fault, but we will make it our fault. And so, I I think about that too. I'm like, okay, if Twitch was around such these low vibrational people and like maybe they were making mistakes, you know, there's a rumor out there at one point that he was surrounded with some crypto people and they were doing shady things and maybe did some shady things to them and then TMZ debunked that. But I just keep thinking as like, okay, did he ever make that shift? Did he ever? raise the vibration of the people he was around overall. Um, Because again, he was such a helper. He wanted to help so many people. And again, in so many of the tributes to him, they talked about that. Like he wouldn't just talk to people on a surface level. Like he went deep with people. And so again, again, it's really important. You are mindful who you're around and that. And just honor that and know too that you know a lot of light workers or empaths or highly sensitive people whatever you want to call it tend to be in environments in their childhood when they were around people like narcissists or people who were just super self-absorbed. And I do believe, and Rebecca talks about it in her book too, that's part of our journey as a light worker is we have to kind of feel that darkness and that pain to be able to know how to heal and to get ourselves through that so then we can help heal the world. Even if we're not doing it in a professional sense like a coach or a therapist or any other kind of healer, right, we do that because we can go to the depths of pain and be able to help pull people out of that and so yeah it's just interesting because you know because we grew up around that energy then we can attract that energy and i will tell you obviously this happened to be in my life it happened to me with my ex-husband who lived the double life and did all of that stuff you know it's just it's interesting because it's been 10 years since it all went down and everything was exposed and all of that and i realized just a few months ago as i was kind of taking in it had been 10 years that there was still this like tiny impact that it was making in my life and I was so sad by that of it's been 10 years, 10 years that I've had to heal from this and trust me, I have shown up for the healing in that. 10 years of how this has impacted me and I talked about recently on a recent podcast that I've gotten on a very low dose of an antidepressant and me doing that, I feel like the Lindsay I was before that happened in my life. That meaning. That whole relationship, that divorce, because he just brought me down so much that I believe it rewired my brain in a way where depression manifested. So, yeah, it's so important. Again, you know who you're around because it can impact you so greatly. And also just know you might need to heal from people you were around in the past. And so make sure you're doing that healing work. Okay, this is stuff I do with my clients. You can do it in various different ways of various different people but just acknowledge that about yourself okay because you know what my therapist was telling me the other week and what I've really taken in is there are people out there that want to feed off of the energy of a light worker they want to bring them down as much as possible and we can all have our theories on those things you know obviously people you might think of narcissists Obviously, so because they are so energy dependent on other people that, of course, they're gonna suck the energy dry of really high vibrational people, right? So I know that's like a huge tangent. I can't say it enough. Be careful here around. Also, touching on the responsibility piece, realize you're going to just be harder on yourself than the normal person. I realize this about myself. And I just know that I need support when I'm going through something and I'm really beating myself up for it. You know, I know all the mindset tools, I can see all the thoughts, I know how to shift it, but I also just need someone to hold my hand and to reassure me that I'm not a shitty person and I haven't like effed up the world by the mistake that I made. And so that brings me to my next point of what lightworkers need is they need a lot of support. They need to be supported, they need to be held, especially because they likely didn't get it as a child. And so they've missed that likely for most of their lives. They need a place to be understood, to be human, because so many people look at light workers and they're like, oh, they're like superhuman. Or, you know, people said this about Twitch. It was like, I, I didn't ever see the dude have a problem. Well, the dude actually had probably a lot of stuff going on. Again, knowing him the way that I did, again, it was briefly, but just reading the energy I had with him over that weekend and him and I even spent some time one-on-one together and all that. He was a very sensitive soul. So he definitely had stuff going on, but he maybe just didn't have the support needed to help him just be a human being, okay? Because again... Because we know as light workers, oh, we're here to like raise the consciousness of the planet, even that if that's not something conscious in our minds, we're feeling that responsibility. And so when we're having these quote unquote human moments, then it can be like, I got to get over this. I got to be better than this. I got to move on from this. You know, as somebody too who has shown up and done a lot of work over 10 years and something will hit me out of nowhere and this humanness of life. I'll be like, again, I can't believe I have to do something else. I can't believe I have to go do more work. Like this just feels so overwhelming. And I know for me, when I start to feel overwhelmed, that's when I'll start to have suicidal thoughts of like, I can't get through this. This is too much. I'm overwhelmed. As I said, I won't be able to breathe. And so it's so important. You have that support system. So, so important where you can just be loved for being you, not what you're doing for people, but just being yourself. Right. And light workers, you know, can feel really lonely because not everyone's a light worker. And, you know, Rebecca talks about it in her book, but there's a part of us because we're so spiritually connected many times, we feel disconnected from that spirit world, even though we're the humans that tend to be the most spiritually connected. And so we're like missing what we probably would define as home, which is something beyond earth. And two, because you know, we tend to have this more responsibility. We tend to feel things on a deeper level and see things that other people can't see. You know, again, it can feel lonely in that. It's like, who can I talk to about this? Who can I be around? Who's going to understand this and get this? You know, there's a quote that says it's lonely at the top. And so if you're one of the highest energy frequencies in the world, it's lonely up there. I see it happen with clients all the time. Clients will say, I can't be around my friends anymore because they just have the same problems over and over again and I've moved past those things and so then it's like, you know, a smaller group that they have to choose from and so you've got to find your people. That's why I created the mastermind that I have called Living the Dream is because I wanted my people to have each other. I wanted them to be able to lean on each other and to be able to have me long term if they wanted that in that support system. So again, this is just a place that you need where your authentic self shines to your fullest. Rebecca talks about in the book that she had a friend that was like this, that she could just be her fullest, most authentic self with, she said. And whenever he passed away, it was like a piece of her died. And again, that's what I want to create for my clients, especially my mastermind is like, you get to be everything here. You get to be happy, sad, joyful, you know pissed whatever show us everything and you just your soul gets to be sh- seen and we get to know all your innermost thoughts and get to support and hold you because you're likely out there supporting and holding the world all right so we've gone through three of the seven things that like workers need the first as i said is be extremely mindful who you're around the second is to reprogram your relationship with responsibility because you're going to take setbacks really hard and the way that you can get that reprogramming and that support is to just get lots of support and be in a community or with somebody who can see your fullest, most authentic self. All right, we're going to cover four more things. The next thing I'm not going to dig into deep right now because it's going to be an episode that we actually do next week and it's all about energy. And that episode is going to help you learn what energy is and some techniques to help you manage your energy. But I will say come back and listen to that episode because light workers need to understand energy work. They need to add likely an energy worker to their team of healers or support. And um, it's something that's really big for us to be able to clear our energy. Okay, because again, we're very sensitive. Even if we go in, we have energetic bubbles and we learn our own techniques to clear our energy. We likely need somebody to go in and clear that stuff out deeper and likely just clear that out from probably decades for many of us of shit we've taken on that's just not ours okay we can do all the mindset work all day long and the healing work and that will clear some of it but I have found in my experience having an energy worker as woo -woo as it sounds it's not going to sound that woo after next week I promise you we'll go in and help you even more all right so that's number four number five realize that your work so the work you do on yourself is number one always So again, that's why you need to reprogram your relationship with responsibility and to get support because if you're responsible for the whole world or even just people you love or your clients or whoever and you're putting them above you, you are effed. I've learned this the hard way and I've really shifted this the past year in my life because I was always putting clients and even my kids above myself and that was leading me to deep, deep burnout. And of course, what happens in deep burnout, you're in a state of overwhelm all the time. And so then what happens? I had suicidal thoughts, right? So you've got to keep your work number one, because your work that you do on yourself is going to raise everybody else. If your bar is at a certain level, you're going to help people raise their vibration to hit that bar. You lowering your vibration or your bar or whatever you want to call it is not going to serve anybody. Anybody. You may think it will of like, oh, I've got to go and I've got to like be in them in their pain and I've got to like have this relationship work and I really want to be there for them and da-da-da. And I'm not saying it's black and white of like, hey, you don't meet my standard. See ya. But it, there is a gradual increase that needs to be happening. And there has to be certain standards and boundaries. I'll just tell you about this in my own business. I don't work with everybody. I've gotten really clear the past year who I work really well with and who I'm willing to take on. There are certain people's energy that are just not for me. You know, I talk about in other episodes, how I got sued by a client. I would never have taken her on this. I, from the consult, she had a very unregulated nervous system and i was like okay it's okay i'm gonna help her and do all that stuff and she's a beautiful soul i loved her deeply and that's what made the whole sue thing so so painful but i also didn't like really unexpect it when it came out because she was so unregulated and i tried to help her as much as i could over the almost nine months we coached together but i just couldn't get her there and so now when i have people who come to me like that i'm just like it's not, it's not a yes for me. It's not worth it for me to take that on. Even if she wouldn't have sued me in any ways I won, but it was just like, I'm just not doing that to myself. It's not even worth the money. Right. And so you've got to start to think about what's your work, always putting your work first, whatever you need to clear out to be able to keep that work. Number one. All right. Two more things we're going to cover. The next one is is focus on the impact and stay in that energy of the impact because as light workers, right we think oh i've got to help i've got to do i've got to you know whatever and it can consistently feel like you're not doing enough but if you just sit there and you think about the impact of one person that you've helped you're gonna see oh my gosh i've made such a difference and you have to take into that you're only conscious of people you've helped probably on a very small scale. Like, for example, me and this podcast, I don't know who all listens to this podcast. I see there's thousands of downloads every month. I don't know who they are. I have clients that tell me about listening to the podcast. Every once in a while, I'll get like an email or a review or something of someone telling me about the podcast, but I really have no idea of the huge impact or little impact, who knows, but of the impact that I'm making in this show. And so... I take that in as part of when I'm reflecting on impact of like, I just choose to believe I'm making a huge impact and I sit there and I do my mindset work and I stay in the vibration of that. And that too has helped me reprogram my relationship with responsibility too, right? Because again, part of this is like, oh, I got to do more, be more, all the things, right? But if again, if you focus on impact, you'll realize, wow, I'm doing so much more than I ever realized. And it will calm down kind of that inner critic or whatever you want to call it, the voice of the ego saying do more, 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 more. Okay. So that's number six, focus on the impact and stay in that energy, especially if you are a light worker in your career, like with coaches. I've talked about this on other episodes, but I'm going to say it again here. The industry as a whole tends to be very money focused. Look at how much money I'm making. Look how much money I'm making. Look how much money I don't give a fuck. Okay, I know there's a part of the industry where it's like all these broke coaches and so there is an importance of like who are the strong business people, but I, I, I've been in many programs where the coach is making a shit ton of money and I will tell you they're a great marketer and they're really not a great coach or a great teacher. When, and so like get some of that out of your system, okay? That's the whole capitalism bullshit kind of stuff of like more, 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 let's be bigger and better. No, like look at your impact, okay? Because as a light worker, that's really what we care about, right? Of course, we want to have money and stuff and go do fun things and all that. I'm not saying money's bad, but just again, focus on the impact. Okay. Last thing I'm gonna say here for light worker living number seven: connect with spirit daily. Figure out ways where you can be and flow with spirit. If you're newer on your journey and being a light worker, this is gonna be something that you're gonna really have to work toward. I'm kind of in my journey now, kind of 10 years into this whole waking up and doing this whole light worker thing, I would say, that like I'm just in flow with spirit all the time. You know, you can look at it as chakra work and your crown chakra is open. You clear out a lot of what I call just like humanly blocks to be able to be that connected to spirit. But yeah, figure out ways that you can be in connection with spirit so you can really feel like you are this co conspirator with something bigger and more powerful. And, you know, I've never really encountered a light worker who's not spiritual in some way, but I would assume they may be out there. So if you're somebody who is not spiritual, maybe you're an atheist even, but you consider yourself a light worker, then figure out what works for you to connect with something bigger. You know, Because again, as I said, light workers can feel really lonely and feel like, okay, who else is here like with me in this journey and all those things. And um, I don't feel so lonely anymore because I'm so connected to spirit. And so it just feels really beautiful. And anytime I'm having a really hard moment, a really hard day, and you know, again, I kind of snowball into overwhelm and Maybe some suicidal thoughts pop up, even. I will go and connect with spirit and I feel so much better. So, so, so much better. Okay. All right. So, that's all the things about light worker living. Seven things. Oh, I'm glad I got through this episode. I'm glad I did this episode again. As I said, I'm re recording it. I'm just so glad that you were here listening to this whole thing. Yeah. And I just want to end it with this. You know, I talked a lot about Steven Twitch boss on this and you may be like, well, is Lindsay you trying to figure out why he committed suicide. You know, of course my human brain did that for a few days of like, okay, what led him to this? And again, that kind of inspired this podcast, you know, we'll never know. And frankly, it's none of my business to know. Somebody so eloquently told me that on TikTok when I commented on another video, they were like, it's none of your business. I'm like, I know it's none of my business. Hello, but I'm allowed to process. And so this episode was me processing that and thinking about, damn, if Twitch would have had these things, would things have been different? Maybe. And so I, again, was like, I've got to get this episode out there because if somebody listens to this episode and it changes something for them, it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. And I think it was really helpful for me to just be like, okay, again, what are the things that I need as a light worker to be able to really thrive? And what is it that I'm giving my clients without even knowing it per se to help them step into light worker status, I guess, if that's really what they're wanting? Because again, the coaching process itself kind of guides you there because you're a light worker when you're in your authentic self, I believe. All right, that's it for this episode. Sending you so much love out there. And I will see you next week for one of our final episodes. It's all about energy as I teased and I cannot wait to share with you. All right, I'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, ePreston.com forward slash one zero zero, and you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book. This book is a study guide for life. Enjoy. And of course, share the show with your friends. I believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. The more you help others succeed, the more you help yourself. So share, share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.